Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the pod at the Palace. Curtis Wilkerson and Scotty Borderline with Natty State Sports coming to you after. Drumroll, please. A Razorback win. At Texas A&M. At Texas A&M. How about that? Arkansas 78, Texas A&M 71. The first win of the Eric Musselman era in Reed Arena. Um, boy, I got to be honest with you. I expected Arkansas maybe to play uh, well or, or maybe, you know, in the same vein that they did against Mississippi State. I definitely didn't expect them necessarily to get over the hump uh, and win this game, especially with them being significantly shorthanded. But um, I got to tell you, they just look like the better team uh, against Texas A&M for the second time this season. Good vibes have returned to the studio. I love it, Scotty. Always good to sweep Texas A&M in the regular season, buddy. Man. Yeah, if you're I mean, going to suck in the season, beat Texas A&M twice. That's that's what you got to do. That was the, uh, for the non-ball knowers or non-ball readers, uh, that was the title of the four-point play that went out before the Texas A&M game, how to sweep the Aggies in the regular season. And we touched on Tremont Mark, check Mark, Welcome Caleb back. Battle, check mark to yep. a degree. You got to the line a lot. It worked. Uh, hold your own on the glass. Feel like they did that. Um, and then, you know, you just, you just had to finish the thing out. Mm -hmm. And it got hairy a little bit at the <laughs> Naturally. end. Naturally. In, in true Razorback fashion. Um, but they, they held on thanks to some some timely shot making. And uh, Makai Mitchell playing like a, <laughs> yeah, a first-team all-league guy of late. No kidding. Yeah, he's been incredible. I actually... Um, to, to peel back the curtain just a little bit, you know, in the offseason. And we talked about it before on the show, so we don't have to get too far into it. But, you know, like one of the reasons why Arkansas didn't go out and get big guys in the portal or whatever is because they thought that Makai Mitchell was the guy who could really step up. And, mm -hmm. and one of the guys who told me that was Gus Arginal, who's well on his way to competing for a, a Division II national championship as a head coach at CSUSB. Ball knower. Ball knower. Um, but I text him after the game. And I just I just sent him eyeball emojis and and Makai Mitchell, uh, and he texted me back right before we started recording. He said he's back. Yeah, it's I mean he has been just absolutely phenomenal, and it's a great place to start with this game because, man, you know Texas A and M come into it, uh, they dominated Arkansas on the offensive glass in the last game. Uh, they had 24, 25 second chance points, whatever it was. Uh, if Arkansas was going to have a chance to not win, but even compete, uh, they were going to have to figure some things out in the paint against Texas A&M without Trevin Brazil, without Jalen Graham, as it turns out. Uh, so you needed a big game from a guy like Makai Mitchell. And 
boy. I mean, 22 points, that's a career high. 13 rebounds. He was absolutely incredible. 10 and 12 from the free throw line, still uh, still stroking it up there from the stripe. No I mean, joke. he's playing, like John said, and, and I can't disagree with him, He's playing at an all-league level right now, yeah. and he won't get it because of you know what he did for the beginning part of the season, but he's been incredible. <laughs> but the last six or seven games, dude, he's been great. I mean, you go back to, what was it, the Kentucky game. He's been in double figures in six of the last seven games, and he's set a career high in points for himself in back-to-back games. I didn't think that we would see that Makai um, – like, ever? Who is maybe? this guy? <laughs> yeah, who the hell is in, this? In that seven-game span, he also matched his career high against a Division One team at Missouri. And, you know, the crazy thing about that, I think the crazy th- craziest thing about this, 19 at Missouri, 21 at Mississippi State, mm-hmm. 22 at Texas A&M. Dude is like, you need to be able to count on guys on the road to compete. And that's what they've done in the Missouri game. In the Mississippi State game, the Texas A&M game, they competed. They've given themselves a chance to win, and Kai has been like a central figure in all of that. Like he's just he's he's playing out of his mind. And on top of the double double, which it almost seems like, you know, if he doesn't get a double double, it's kind of like whatever. But I feel like he's on a nightly basis. You can almost count on him to go and get that. And then tonight he gave you four blocks too, so he's got six blocks. Uh, and two steals in his last two games. I mean, he's not just scoring and rebounding. He's he's doing some other big man things. And, yeah. we, and like early, I, I feel like early last year, I remember at least asking Eric about it. I may have written about it, but Kai's one of those guys who's got really active hands. Mm-hmm. Um, is a big guy, not just in terms of shot blocking, but can poke can poke balls away, initiate breaks, all that kind of stuff. So he's he's giving you a little bit of everything. It's really f- been fun to watch. Yeah, it, it really has been a lot of fun to watch. And, and kudos to him, man. Uh, you know, you mentioned the stuff on the road, and he's just, you know, Kai is such an emotional player, and it's not always in a good way. Uh, that's been really impressive and, and maybe a sign of, you know, some – some improved maturity that he's been able to uh, to collect himself and deliver on the road the way he has. And, uh, you know, we were, we were sitting there doing the live stream at Flyway tonight, and, you know, Ellis brought up a good point. He said it before, like, it's wild that this team is really relying on Makai Mitchell to have yeah, big no nights. Joke. But, you know, down the stretch in this game when things were getting a little bit hairy, like you alluded to, um, you know, we're thinking about it, and it's like, they just got to get the ball to Kai, man. Even when they were getting pressed in this game, which is, is still just con- it continues to be the damn twilight zone. Arkansas trying to inbound the ball late in games against the press. Uh, but, you know, Makai got the ball at one time. We we're like, don't give it up, dude. Like, just just get fouled and get to the free throw line because I can't really think of anybody better to have there right now. Yeah, I think he's a he's like a perfect guy to have in the game in those situations because he's obviously he's your most physical, big, mm-hmm. you know, frontline guy. And he can set a pick as well as anybody. Like, if you need a good pick, you're probably going to him. And that's kind of what you need in those scenarios to free a guard up or whatever. Uh, but he's a guy that can set a pick and then turn face. Yeah. And you just throw the ball up, you know, eight feet, nine feet up in the air, and he's going to go get it. Strong hands. And all of a sudden, he's shooting uh, 82.6% at the free throw line in conference play, which is just <laughs> Dude, unbelievable. Like, that's if, incredible, man. Like, if, if, an opponent gets a tech now. I don't care if Arkansas like. You got to find a way to get Kai to the line. Yeah, like that's that's almost sure offense for you right now. It's cash, man. Uh, Ten and twelve wow. in this game. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's. I would 
venture to say that's a career high in free throw attempts. And actually he matched it. Um, in his second, third season in college, he was uh, 2 of 12 at the free throw line against George Washington tonight. Um, as part of his 22.9, he went 10 for 12. It tells you everything you need to know about yeah. the improvement he's made. Like when Arkansas signed him last year, he was a 50% free throw shooter for his career. He was and, 69% in the SEC play last year. Yeah, and, and he was he improved last year. Um, yeah, 69% in SEC play. I know he wasn't that high for the entire season, so he just continues to get better. Uh, and it's good to see him playing you know, good ball towards no the end doubt. of his, uh, his college career. And it was kind of a microcosm of, I think, the reason why Arkansas was able to do what they did against A&M tonight. Um, you knew that rebounding was going to be an issue. Arkansas shorthanded in the front court. They struggled so much against Mississippi State with that power forward spot. You know, Cam Matthews hit him with a double-double. Uh, they had a hard time there. And listen, uh, Anderson Garcia, a friend of the uh, the Natty State Sports Transfer Portal Big Board, uh, did his thing. He had 15 rebounds in this game from that power forward spot. That was the best money on Saracen tonight. Oh, that's easy. Easy, easy, easy. money. Yeah, it was 10 and a half. absolutely. Easy money. Uh, Arkansas loses on the offensive glass 20 to 11. So A&M actually grabbed an extra offensive rebound from what they did in Fayetteville a few weeks ago. Um, but Arkansas wasn't punished by that. Uh, they really were strong and matched their physicality in the paint. And you look at second-chance points, which if you get offensive rebounds and any points you score are second-chance points, Arkansas actually won that 19-7. to So Arkansas gets 11 offensive rebounds, turns into 19 points. Texas A&M gets 20 offensive rebounds. They only get seven out of it. And it, that's the difference in the game, that's the man. That's one of the craziest stats of the night. Makes no sense, and, but and I love you know, it. You know, you're looking at the box score, and Texas A&M was 14-40 of 40 on twos. Man. This is two games removed from Tennessee, and I get Tennessee and Texas A&M are not on the same tier in terms of, like, you know, contenders or, you know, teams that you're, you know, taking seriously. Mm -hmm. um, but but Tennessee, the the other day when they were in, in Fayetteville, 68.3% on twos. Like, that was the highest two-point field, two field goal percentage that had been allowed under Eric at Arkansas. Um, and then Texas A&M, a team that, you know, can beat you up on the interior, 35%. That's, that's, I mean, Arkansas did everything or had everything that you need to have, like, you know, the recipe to win at Texas A&M in Reed Arena in a place that you hadn't won in half a decade. I mean, that's that's how you do it. Like, how do you think Arkansas, I'll throw this to you, um, how, how did Arkansas only give up seven second-chance points on 20 offensive boards? Like, is that is that verticality? Is it just, you know, I don't even know the uh, the second option because I feel like it is verticality. But like, what what did you see there? Like, how do they only limit them to seven? Yeah, I mean, it, points? It, it was it was definitely a, a good amount of verticality there. Um, and I just thought, you know, they limited tip ins, which is something A and M gets a lot. Uh, and, and so they were have they were having to come down and secure the board and then go back up. And Arkansas was just there to contest. I also thought they did a nice job of swarming when they gave up offensive rebounds, which meant a lot of times A&M was forced to then kick it out and maybe get back into a set or settle for a three-point jump shot, which is something they don't do well. Uh, so both of those I, I thought were big factors in the game. Uh, and yeah, just toughness and grit and just, just playing harder and challenging some of those shots around the basket. Um, I thought it made all the difference in the world for this team. So yeah, I mean, kudos to them for really kind of grinding out in the paint because again, like they were, they were undersized and uh, and shorthanded, and they came in and and I thought just really, 
really took it to Texas A&M. And quite honestly, like to me, Arkansas left no doubt that they're I think they're just a better team than uh, than Texas A&M is. And maybe that's because it's, it's a matchup thing. You know, in years past, Arkansas has been really good. Texas A&M, not so much, but they've been a really hard matchup for the Hogs. Yeah. Maybe that's the situation this year. But, man, I mean, for for an A&M team who is kind of fighting for their NCAA tournament lives, uh, playing at home, coming off a two-game losing streak, like there's no uh, better scenario for them to be more motivated to to have a good performance. And Arkansas just – they just took it to them, and they just outplayed them. So kudos to uh, to Muss and the guys for uh, – for being ready to play and going out there and executing, man. I was really impressed. You know, we've talked several times about what's Arkansas got to lose at this point. Just go balls to the wall, play the spoiler. Um, and I feel like that's exactly what Arkansas did tonight. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you look at Joe Lenardi's latest bracket projection before the game, and I believe he had Texas A&M on the last four buys. Yeah. And so that's a team that, I mean, that's you're in the field. At that point, now what it does to Texas A&M after this game, we'll have to see because there there were games, you know, obviously after Texas A&M Arkansas um, that could you know shuffle up the, the NCAA tournament picture a little bit anyway. Um, but I think Arkansas did what it's got to do at this point in the year, like show some pride, show some show some toughness. Um, I was listening on the way back from Flyway, I was listening to Eric's post game, and he was talking about you know the Razorbacks' competitive spirit was really good. Yeah. That's been the case the last two games. And he said he thinks that some of these guys, especially the guys that are playing more at this stage of the season, they're starting to get it. Mm-hmm. Now it's 26 games into the year. Too little, too late, it's but it's too nice. little, too late. But it is nice <laughs> to see, you know, these guys, they stacked competitive performances on top of each other. Um, and Eric said something to me that, that really struck me. He was like, after the te- after the the Mississippi State loss, he was like, you know, you can be disappointed in a loss, but you can still be really proud of a team's performance in a loss. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be proud. Like, you can still not be happy, but you can be proud with the way that they fought. They carry that into another game. And, Curtis, we've been at the forefront of saying that these dudes have had the hardest time imaginable putting back-to-back games together. They did it on the road and i think that's that's pretty encouraging especially in a couple places that you've like this program's had you know at at least in modern history very little success you know playing in yeah i'm 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 optimistic going into the weekend you got missouri on the weekend at home yeah you should beat them no absolutely you should you should you should exit the weekend and go into next week um feeling pretty good about you know stacking three straight solid performances together assuming that they you know Still, still bringing on Saturday because uh, Missouri played Tennessee pretty tough tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, um, impressive stuff. You know, it was, it was nice to see Tremont Mark get back on track a little bit. No doubt. Um, it, one thing Musk did say that I don't necessarily agree with was that his his shot selection was uh, incredible or sensational or perfect or fantastic. They were because they went in. Whatever adjective you want to say there, uh, boy, he was he was letting some tough ones fly. But here's the deal. He was making them. Yeah, they went and in. that's the thing about Tremont Mark, and we talked about it a little bit on the live stream, you know, against Mississippi State down the stretch there. Arkansas had a chance to win. Nobody wanted to take the shot. Like, who who was the alpha who was going to step up and knock those down? Uh, and so whether it's a good shot or not, 
Tremont Mark's a guy that's willing to do that. And there are a lot of guys in this world, on this planet, in this sport that are willing to do that. But there are only a finite amount who are actually able to step up and make it. No doubt. And Tremont Mark Mark is a guy who can really step up and knock those down. And, uh, man, to double down against Texas A&M, you know, he had 35 in that game in in Fayetteville uh, and kind of matched Wade Taylor's crazy performance blow for blow uh, and then got the game winner there. And it was another situation where I, I didn't think Mark looked very good at all in the first half. Uh, yeah. In the second half, man, he just he just got on one of those heaters, and it was actually one of those games where you know sometimes, man, Mark really gets going and he starts cooking, but you're like, ah, I don't know if this is the best thing for for Arkansas and their offense right now, and it's a little bit sluggish. They wind up losing the game, mm-hmm. but it worked, I thought, in this game, and and he was knocking down some huge shots, and uh, quite frankly, Arkansas wouldn't have, wouldn't have won this game without him. And you look up at the end of the night, and despite you know some of the tough ones and the contested ones he was taking, uh, 26 points, he was 50% from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, 8 of 10 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. I mean, hell of a game. Bro, I'm going to be real <laughs> honest. The 5 assists stands out more than anything else. He was giving it up. That's unreal, yeah. To- I did not I <laughs> did not realize that. Um, there was a prop on Saracen where mm-hmm. you could get Tremont Mark under one and a half assists per, at plus 140. Um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm like, I, I noticed T-Mark, mm-hmm. he, he dished an assist. I think it was to Makai. And I'm like, how many assists is that for T-Mark? Is that like his first or his second? And then I think you looked at the stat broadcast and was like, he's got four. <laughs> and so he's just like, he just quietly, <laughs> he just quietly does the, these things, mm-hmm. um, two of three from three. Really like that. It was another night where Arkansas didn't really shoot it well from three. The volume wasn't there. Yeah, Probably, four or 15. I mean, I would guess that is very, very, very on purpose. Uh, the volume wasn't there. Um, Davenport got him up. I mean, that's yeah, just – but that's what he's in the game to do, right? Like, you just – you kind of let him – you give him the green light because mm-hmm. he can knock down shots like the first, the first three of the game. He knocked it down. Um, and then that shot right there gives him the confidence to knock down the second shot, that pull-up. That pull-up jumper that kept yep. kind of kept Arkansas floating early, um, but yeah, T. Mark was and he, he, you nailed it in the four-point play. He needed to get back to being alpha, the alpha dog, and uh, he he was that. Even though um, several of the shots that he hit were probably with his heels on the three-point line. Yeah, he's good at that. They went in, so you just hey, you, whatever, you just move on. Tip of the cap, you knocked him down. Absolutely. Uh, and how about you know Arkansas? The the foul differential was on the wrong side for Arkansas. What was it ten to one at one point? Uh, yes. In the second half of this game, but you yep. look up at the end of the night, and you know Texas A&M shot 39 free throws, which is a lot, but Arkansas shot 34, so they were they were able to get back to business and get to the line, uh, which is which is nice because we were sitting there at one point in the second half going, man, Muss is going to tee off on this no after joke. the game, especially after Mississippi State, but uh, it evened out well, and and they did a nice job of, of getting aggressive and getting to the stripe. Um, and I think one guy, you know, we talked about Mitchell, 10 of 12 from the line, Mark, 8 of 10 from the line. Uh, but one guy who had a, just a classic J.D. Note-esque performance that you wrote about in the four-point play was Caleb Battle. Um, finishes the game with 15 points, 3 of 15 from the field. <laughs> but, hey, 9 of 10 from the free throw line. So he, he you know, on a night where he wasn't making shots, he was able to get to the line and convert. Yeah. And that takes me back to November and December Caleb Battle, no because doubt. there were some times where he wasn't knocking down shots, but you knew he would get to the stripe and still make an impact in the scoring column. Yeah, no doubt. Like he had, I think he was three of 12 on twos a couple of days after he <laughs> went seven of nine. I had to redo and the so math. It was like, <laughs> you know, um, 
But I love that he didn't lose his aggressiveness because when he loses his aggressiveness, Arkansas's <laughs> offense isn't isn't the same. It's just not. Yeah. Um, and that probably leads to him pitching to pitching the ball to guys that are less capable of going and getting their own or um, less capable of getting to the free throw line, whatever. Um, but I, I, I wrote in the four-point play, I said, on the road, if you want to compete, you've got to have shot makers on the floor. So tonight that was T-Mark. And then you've got to have guys who are high-volume free throw attempt guys, which Eric's always going to have those on the floor. And you had three of them yep. tonight, and KB was one of them. Um, so ho hopefully that that keeps his his confidence high. Um, that even though you know his, you know the interior shot wasn't working, he was zero of three from three, but he was you know still able to get to the line, see the ball go through the rim. Uh, that's that's really important. He had three guys take ten plus free throws. Yeah, Eric's never going to complain about that. No, you that. take that man for yeah, sure. I don't think he's ever going to complain about that on the road. Yeah. And then, you know, it's it's also a game where you have a no-show from Devo Davis, mm -hmm. um, who had no points and looks like no rebounds and no assists and two turnovers, and he only played seven minutes, and he was also dealing with some foul trouble. Uh, and so that takes a little bit away from you. Uh, but, you know, you had a guy who I think stepped up and provided some good minutes for you in, in friend of the program, Layden Blocker. Uh, nice game for the freshman on the road, man. Yeah, he yeah. was tremendous. He, if I remember correctly, he led the team in plus minus, uh, played 23 minutes in this game, and it was nothing crazy. I mean, he had five points, uh, three boards, a couple assists, uh, hit his first career three-pointer. He's he's off the schneid, okay? So what is he, one of 12 or one of 13 now? Whatever, he made one, and so that was nice to see. But, um, yeah, one for 13. More than anything, you know, something that doesn't show up on the, on the box score for him he did a hell of a job defending Wade Taylor, man. I, I mean, absolutely clamping that dude down. Yep. Uh, and that is a, a tough cover for anyone in the country, especially a freshman. So, yeah, I mean, kudos to Blocker. I thought he was great. Yeah, he was really good. He had a block, two steals. Um, and then, you know, not to get too basketball guy on you, but like stuff that doesn't show up in the box score, diving on the floor for loose balls yep. and pitching it to guys to, you know, kickstart a fast break uh, transition. I mean, Layden was Layden was really good. Um, I think the the only gripe that you have is you know the 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 fouls. Like he's just he's yeah. he's just a, he's a high foul guy. Like that's just that's kind of the deal. But gives you five big points, um, knocked down a three, like you said, had a couple of assists, got on the offensive goal. Like he had two offensive rebounds. Um, I mean, he's second on the second on the team in <laughs> offensive rebounds to Makai Mitchell. That's kind of like you know every now and then I'll I'll throw some. SEC games only trivia at you and I'll be like who are the top three in offensive rebounds and it's like Kai and another big and then T Mark and then it's Layden Blocker yeah he's just he's on the glass he finds a way to go and grab you misses and give you chances for second chance points um, he was he was really good so shout out to the friend of the program yeah you know and, and Arkansas has done a really good job uh, you know in, in both games against Tyrese Radford uh, they did in this yeah. one as well, and he he wound up with twelve points, but he was five of sixteen from the field. He had eight rebounds, but he got I think most of those points. It felt like late, uh, you know, just kind of getting to the rim and, and making some shots. But he really struggled a majority of the game. Uh, but man, the job they did on Wade Taylor also. I mean, this dude went he went for forty one points. Was it forty one or forty two? It doesn't yeah, 41. matter. Forty one. Forty one points in Bud Walton Arena, uh, and he took thirty two damn shots in that game, which I, it's just. I still can't wrap my head around that. I looked pretty, at the box score healthy. before the game today, and he was 13 of 32, and I was like, dang, man, he was getting them up. 
Uh, but again, in this game, like three of 12 held him to 11 points. Now he did have nine assists, which is good, but uh, four turnovers in the game. Uh, that's not a winning recipe for for Texas A and M. And you know, I thought yeah. Arkansas did a great job making some adjustments and making him uncomfortable and just keeping him out of a rhythm because obviously he's shown that he's a dude who can bury you in a hurry. No doubt. Like I, I think you take the, you know, him having nine assists over him. Because um, I feel like if you if if he instead of giving up the ball in those moments and instead he throws the ball toward the rim and the shot goes in that probably yeah. gets him going more than setting his guys up not to say that he's a selfish player uh, but i think that's the, that's true for it would be this it, caleb battle would be the same way he probably gets he probably gets up more for knocking down a jump shot than he is setting up his teammate you know right. what i mean um so that i think arkansas did a great job on on him and tyrese rafford like those dudes had 23 points and there were eight of 28 from the field That'll win you a game. Combined. That's how you beat Texas A&M on the road. So, like, you look at the box. Wade Taylor made 13 shots in the game at Arkansas. Tonight he had 11 points. Yeah. Like, that's just – that's that's really good. Uh, Jace Carter. I, I feel like Arkansas did a better – did a really good job tonight of making – or turning Wade Taylor into a facilitator. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously he's going to get his shots up. He's really good at, like, those impromptu threes where he's, like – I'm dribbling it, dribbling it, and then the next thing, like before he even thinks about it, he just throws a shot up, um, and he can get cooking that way. Uh, but they turned him kind of more into a facilitator um, and just let, you know, Jace Carter <laughs> got 14, and Henry Coleman got 12, and Anderson Garcia got eight. You're not having Wade Taylor go for 30, and so you don't, I think that's a win. Right. I think it's a win. You turn him a facilitator instead of one of the league's best scores. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah, and shout-out to Arkansas for – I mean, quite possibly ruining Texas A&M's NCAA tournament chances, no and that's not an exaggeration. Like yeah. it, that knocked them out of this thing, and, and they're going to have some work to do to get back into it. Uh, and, and I think that just goes to show you, you know, and must said after the game, it's you know, this is signs of a team that's that's getting better and improving. Like we said, it's great win for Arkansas, but it's too little, too late, man. Um, and, and so you know, wh- like whatever, like you hope you're playing your best ball, go into the conference tournament, you have give yourself a shot, whatever. Um, but in terms of large bid we're speaking about, but I, I think, um, it says something maybe about the character of this team, which, uh, full disclosure has been in question throughout the course of the year with, with, um, you know, all those things that must loves to talk about energy and effort and enthusiasm. Um, are they connected? Do they like each other? Whatever, but they haven't let go of the rope and, and, and in a time where you don't necessarily have a lot to play for other than pride or being the spoiler, um, you know, to see them kind of respond the way they have in, in what's a really, really tough road trip um, after just getting your doors blown off at home by Tennessee. Uh, I love to see it, man. I, I think it's really encouraging. And, you know, will it parlay into anything else? I, I don't know, but uh, it, it's good to see that this team just hasn't completely quit. It, it, you know, it makes you feel a little bit better about, you know, the way things might look moving forward. For sure. And now you come off that two-game road swing and you've got two games at home that you should – you should handle your business as long as you just you would certainly think so you have to do a little bit more than show up obviously because mm-hmm. this you know the vander this vanderbilt team that they've got in a couple of games you know just knocked off texas a&m yeah and they're capable of you know <clears throat> board boy tyron lawrence like he can fill it up in a minute board boy uh tamar bates on the other side he can give you fits too he's you done feel, it once yeah you, you feel <laughs> really good going into these this these next two games and then you look at your final five games three of them are at home and then kentucky like kentucky just plays better away from home mm-hmm. 
And the players are even saying it themselves. Like I follow some Kentucky beat writers, and they're like, this this team just kind of like rallies around itself more so on the road than at home. Go take go go throw a haymaker. Like try to land a haymaker at Kentucky and just see what happens. Like who knows what what that winds up you know turning into. But I think you're playing for SEC tournament seating, or you're yep. trying to at least. You're trying to stay out of Wednesday night sadness. Trying hard, um, man. <laughs> yeah, really trying hard. Um, and I think trying hard is helping these guys. You know, they're they're taking steps in the right direction to get there. Who knows if they will? Right. Um, is there some ground to make up, especially since LSU won it? South Carolina last week. Yeah, what a that, nut punch, man. Like, yeah, why do they have to go and do yeah, that? that? That takes a little bit of wind we out just, of your We just start giving a, the Gamecocks some love, and then they go mess around and lose to LSU at home. Yeah. Uh, but, every now and then you just have one of those games, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, Arkansas finds himself a, a game back um, from LSU. The, the main problem there is, and Arkansas has got, like you mentioned, they've got some winnable games here down the stretch. Missouri, Vanderbilt, um, LSU all at home. We'll see what happens on the road. Kentucky, the last game there is Alabama, which is going to be a, a tough one, you know. Goes without saying. It'll be a win if you keep them under a hundred. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and so you've got an opportunity to maybe make up some ground. That the issue is with LSU uh, is their schedule is just light as could possibly be down the stretch. I mean, they they play essentially everyone at the bottom of the conference plus Mississippi State uh, to close out the year. They got Kentucky up next. I guess that game is is probably on Wednesday, but. You know, they've got a lot of winnable games there, too. So it's a non-negotiable for Arkansas to, to win that game over LSU at home. Uh, you can't slip up really in any of these games at home. Uh, but they've got a pass. Right now they're sitting in 12th place. They've got a decent cushion over over Vanderbilt and over Missouri. Uh, but you got to pass Georgia and LSU. Like that, that's, that's how you avoid playing on Wednesday. Uh, mathematically, it's still possible. It's not crazy. It's not out of the realm. Um, uh, of something that could happen, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And, and I haven't looked at Georgia's schedule, but um, you know LSU is, is the one that really stands out to me. That's gonna be tricky, just yeah, given George, the way that Georgia's got. Georgia's got Vandy on Wednesday, Auburn at home, LSU on the road, A and M and Ole Miss at home, and then Auburn uh, on the road to close it out. Yeah, so that that, that could be a team that you could pass there. Um, you know, I think it's always good. If, uh, it's always good if the team you got a team ahead of you that has to play Auburn twice. Yeah, that's uh, like that makes you feel good. Yeah, that's pretty, especially pretty when solid. you've got you know Kentucky and Rupp and Alabama and, yeah. and Tuscaloosa. So not, that's beneficial. So you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, Arkansas now is up to thirteen and thirteen. Um, so back to five hundred, four and nine in conference. Obviously, that's not where you want to be. Uh, but a chance to make up a little bit of ground there. But, it, you know, at, at the very least, I think it would be nice to see, uh, you know, Arkansas bare minimum hold serve at home. Yeah, um, Kind of should. ensure yourself to finish over 500 for the regular season and, and see where, you, where you're where you at, you know, going the, into the SEC The team tournament. that we've seen the last couple of night or the last couple outings can hold serve at home. Yep. And they can give maybe Kentucky and Alabama some fits. Like especially if Makai Mitchell's playing the way that he is, yeah. like he just he he gives you. I don't want to say he gives like he gives you a chance, um, but in a front court that's wounded, right? You know what I mean? And like he's just been playing outside of his mind. And then you get maybe you got maybe tonight or maybe you know this this game was you know the the one that you know gives T Mark puts T puts T Mark you know in a in a better place in a better mental space um i just i think kb coming along with his aggressiveness getting to the line seeing some shots go down i, th I just think that's 
that changes a lot of things. Yeah, that gives you a, a nice secondary scoring punch in the in the backcourt. Um, and I just I, I I think that you can go into games expecting certain benchmarks from Kai. Like not to put too much on him, but I think that you can. I think he's playing at that level right now, um, where you can just kind of go into games expecting to to see certain things. And right now, it's not a surprise at all to me to see him go for a double double with you know handful of blocks. It's just not. Yeah, and and I think you know the thing that gives me a a, a little bit more optimism maybe than I have in the past. And listen, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I don't expect this to happen. Don't get me wrong, but it wouldn't surprise me if Arkansas went and laid an egg Saturday and lost to freaking Missouri at home like with this team. That would not surprise me one bit. But what gives me a little bit more optimism that they might be turning a corner just in terms of, of playing better consistently uh, is what they're doing on the defensive end. Like it, Mississippi State and Texas A&M are no offensive juggernauts by any means, uh, but the way this team has kind of become connected on the defensive end of the floor and the way they've guarded the last couple games um, in road environments they've traditionally struggled in, uh, that makes me feel pretty good about the possibilities, especially uh, against some of these lighter teams on the schedule. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you go on the road against Kentucky and, and you know, that's a high octane offense, but you've already defended them really well once. Uh, and maybe you're playing a little bit better now or starting to figure some things out late in the season. Uh, and so do I expect you to hold Kentucky to what was it? 63 points or whatever. Again, when you go to Rupp, Absolutely no, not. but can you guard them enough to stay in the game? Sure. Uh, and then with Alabama, I just don't think it matters when you play Bama. To me, it's those guys are going to shoot 43s. Are they going to make a bunch of them or not? Uh, and, and so, yeah, you I know, mean, that's how they hung 100 on Texas A&M. They just made they took 40, yeah. like 40 plus threes and made 18. Of them. They're going to chuck them whether you're yeah. uh, whether you're contesting them or not. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, how many are they going to make? Um, then you can you can you clean up on the glass or whatever? And, and one thing I think we know um, about any Eric Musselman coach team, whether they're playing well or not, like they'll be fully prepared and motivated to play against uh, Man, I'm Nados telling you, I am prematurely excited about Makai Mitchell versus Grant Nelson. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I'm, I can't I'm, wait like, for that. I'm way, 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 way ahead of schedule here. It's okay to uh, look ahead. you got four games between <laughs> now and then, but that's that has the potential to be pretty fun. I think he might he get a little chippy. Oh, yeah. I mean, could Arkansas just – I mean, look, this has been a tough season. At the bare minimum, can we get the uh, – the few days of excitement going into the SEC tournament of going, boy, this is a 10 seed that you don't want to see in Nashville, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's a dark be- horse. <laughs> this is a double-digit seed that could make a run. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, you know, get Jimmy Dykes going a little bit or, you know, Pat Bradley, the shooter, yeah. talking about it. Yeah. I mean, just give us something, you know? I, I mean, know. I think I think I'm, I'm longing for that. Yeah. Because I remember after the Tennessee game, I write, I go home, I'm wired, I can't go to sleep. I flip on SEC now and they show the Arkansas Tennessee highlights and they don't talk about Arkansas for a second. It's all about Dalton Connect, Arkansas or Arkansas or Tennessee losing by twenty nine. Yeah. Or winning by or Tennessee winning by twenty nine on the road. Yeah. Jonas Adu giving birth Jonas on Adu, yeah. General <laughs> Richardson floor. <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> shout out to Jonas Adu and uh, and Josh Hubbard for getting yeah, SEC Player of the Week and, and Freshman of the Week because they played Arkansas. Yeah, no kidding. But it was all about Tennessee after Arkansas just gets blasted on its yep. home floor. It's almost like Arkansas is an afterthought. Just give people a reason to to mention you every now and yeah. then. You know. Yeah, man, sign me up for that for sure. And uh, you know, I, I think it would I, I think it would help this team. And, and maybe we'll talk about this and, and then we'll wrap up and get out of here. I think it would obviously help this team to have a little bit more 
uh, depth at their disposal. So maybe, you know, Keon Minifield can get his groin or hamstring or whatever it is figured right. out. Um, who knows what's going on with, with Jalen Graham's shoulder uh, and what he can do with that. I, I'm not... I, Hopefully it's not as bad as his back was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we didn't we didn't know if he had one uh, yeah. for a while there. It turns out that he did. Uh, but I don't think that even if either one of those guys, you know, come back and, and they're full go, and, and I'm kind of I don't want to write off Trevor Brazil, but I just don't I don't know that I see a pathway for him to come back at this point. But don't be expectant. No. Um, but I don't know if either one of those guys really factor that much into the plans because I think you found something now, and it, you know it's it's something that we talked about with you know with John and Andrew during the live stream, like you know going into the Missouri game or whatever, uh, like oh like Makai's been playing so well, do you start him? Nope. I think you just keep doing exactly what you're doing with the rotation that you have, and damn it, I would ride with it the final five games that you have this season into the SEC tournament because yeah. the one thing you haven't done is you know just found something that works and then stuck with it. Through thick and thin, and that means if they come out against Missouri and they're down, you know, fourteen to four at the first media timeout, ride with those guys and and see what you got. And I kind of think that's where I'm at with it, man. Yeah, I th- this so Arkansas floored the same starting lineup against Mississippi State and Texas A&M. The first time Arkansas had floored the same starting lineup, I believe, since Missouri and LSU. And so it's going to take just based on what we know from covering Eric, like it's going to take this team just going out and just not playing hard yep. for an entire game and just God. being completely out of it. Can for we him please to, be to, past that? To change some things yeah. in that in that starting lineup. You're right. Because um, I feel like that's about the only thing that will keep, yep. you know, that that will be the only thing that um, makes Kai start. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um Dude, there's I'm I'm firmly in the keep Kai on the bench because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like yeah. it's just he's other than the Tennessee game where he just like one point, one board. Right. I mean he's played great the last seven games, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't change anything. No, he's been he's been tremendous. I'm telling you right now, like if 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 we have to come in here and record this pod one more time this season and discuss Arkansas not playing hard or not having competitive spirit one of you is going to have to stop me from jumping out of the sixth floor window. Like, I can't take it. I can't do it again. Well, I hate to break it to like, you, but the windows don't open. I will jump through it. Like, I will I will Superman my way start. right through those windows. I will throw these chairs through it, and I will follow it out the window. Please, for the love of God. Like, the one thing you can control, maybe you can't make shots. Maybe you're confused defensively. Maybe you got a bunch of injuries, whatever. But the one thing you control is your effort. Yeah. And how hard you play and the pride you play with. And it's been so refreshing, man, the last week to just watch these guys and just see. And there's no question in your mind, like, dang, they really care. Like, these guys are really playing for each other. They want to win. Um, they, you know, have some pride. They've got some respect for the name across their jersey. All those things. And that's kind of what we talked about this entire season. Like, if you're losing a bunch of games, like if Arkansas was 13-13 and 13 right now, but it was like last year where – Ah, uh, like they've got some leads, but they they've blown some big leads and they're losing all these one possession games and stuff and all that stinks. You'd still be frustrated, but you'd still be tuned in and you'd still be watching. Yeah. And you'd have more than nine thousand people in a game against a top ten opponent, like you had against Tennessee. The reason people have become disinterested is because the team has looked disinterested and they've been getting their freaking doors blown off in all yeah. these contests. Um, Fans are going to match the energy that you exactly. Have. They've yeah. got to be past that now because I have a feeling that. 
it's not going to be sold out against Missouri on Saturday, but I guarantee you, even though Missouri hasn't won a game since Nam at this point now, uh, and Arkansas just went and won one game over a Texas A&M team, there will be more people in Bud Walton Arena on Saturday for Arkansas Missouri than there were for Arkansas Tennessee. I just want to show people Missouri's uh, schedule. Can you see that? You yeah, see it was that, only slightly you see all exaggerated. That red? Those are losses. Have they won a game in 2024? Uh, no. There you go. They have not. There you go. They're 0 for 24. Yeah, don't. They're 0 for 24. They've won one game <laughs> since uh, December 3rd. Yeah, don't be that team. Can you name their last win? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was it a was it a power conference opponent? No. Yikes. Uh, Wichita State. They did beat Wichita State. That was the next win after oh, their dang. last one. Um, Semo. No. Uh, dang, who else did they play? I don't know. UCA. UCA. Yeah, so I wouldn't have gotten of, there. Two of Missouri's eight <laughs> wins this year are Arkansas schools. How bad did they beat them? Beat them 92-59. So oh, okay. they, 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 they smacked them, them around a little bit. Okay. But, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> 13 straight losses and 16 in their last 17 games. So Yeah. I mean, I think we like Tamar Bates. He might need a, he might need to win him one. Yeah. As yeah, much as I like that. him, he might need to go win him one. Goodness gracious. He, he might need to beat Arkansas game. for him to stay on the portal right. board. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. The, the, I don't the, think uh, we're in favor of that, though. There's your, there's your motivation, Tamar. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you want to stay on the board, beat the Hogs, dude. How about you just go win at Florida instead and yeah, leave Arkansas that, that's alone? A, that's a more desirable outcome for sure. God. Could you imagine it would be the most Arkansas thing ever for this team to, uh, you know, uh, you know, start playing some encouraging basketball and be the one uh, SEC win for a, just the worst Missouri team in modern era. Yeah, it'd be rough. <laughs> like, this is like Kim Anderson levels of Missouri basketball right now. You just can't lose to him, man. Can't so, do it. Before we get out of here, mm-hmm. thoughts on Buzz Williams still doing a three-piece suit. Dennis Gates also very suited man. Why? Jerry Stackhouse, also a very suited man. Hey, but he's, he's got, about to get fired. He's, he always puts it on, though. He looks great. He's always got it on. Buzz Williams is being brought down by the fact that he's got a funeral director-looking guy that's on his bench who dresses just like him. Shout out to Buzz looks for like seeing he's got the a same outfit watch. the entire game uh, in College yeah. Station. I'll, I'll give him credit for that because he did change. I would have lost that prop bet. Uh, yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. I don't I don't mind him being sharp-dressed, but the whole uh, – yeah, the whole – like train conductor, Monopoly man vest. I just can't get behind it. Like he's a monocle away from being, you know, yeah. the guy who's like, don't pass go, don't collect $200. So I don't I don't know about that one. Um, Dennis Gates. It, <sighs> he also have it on or no? To he, a much lesser degree than Stack. Yeah, he's, he's, he's sharp dressed. He's a suit wearer. Um, you know, I was kind of buying into it the first year, but like, I don't know, like you're, you're 113 in the league now. Maybe you need to just put on a polo shirt, bro. Yeah. Put on put on a polo shirt. Relax a little bit and, and, and see if the, your guys throw are, on the Q-zip and just just yeah, you know, be a little bit more casual. Might help. <laughs> yeah, might help you out right. a little. <laughs> so I don't know, man. But this is uh, again, it's only like the third time we've been able to say this. But it, it it's nice to come in here and record um, after a Razorback win, uh, even though the season has been a little bit of a mess. So um, we'll see what it looks like on Saturday, but we will be somewhere 
in Arlington, perhaps around Texas Live and in one of the establishments uh, for a pot at the Palace on Friday to kind of preview this Missouri game a little bit. And we might have um, a little bit of uh, maybe a little surprise that we can dip in between uh, between now and that Friday episode. We'll see what happens. I'm hopeful. Yeah, so keep your fingers crossed and, and keep your eyes peeled about that one. We'll see if we got something special for you or not. Uh, but it's been a good night here in Fayetteville. Kind of wish I was in College Station to watch that, but uh, you know, being at Flyway is a, is a hell of a consolation prize. Yeah, not too bad. I'm not. I'm never gonna turn down their pizza. Love your shirt, by the way. Thanks, bro. Yeah, represent. <laughs> I had to get one before I walked out of the place. I love it. All right, well, we're gonna get out of here. It's it is late Tuesday night, and we got an early morning on Wednesday. But uh, for Scotty Borderline and Curtis Wilkerson with United States Sports, this has been the Pot at the Palace. Appreciate you guys for rocking with us despite the season being a mess. Always good to talk to you after a win, and hopefully we're doing it again soon. But regardless, we will catch you on Friday.